Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The score! This hour is brought to you by Cards for Kids. Call 1-877-CARDS-WITH-A-K, the numeral 4-KIDS. Matt Bowen. Two throws. This one aired out for Galloway. And with contact, it's picked off. Intercepted by Matt Bowen. NFL writer and analyst for ESPN. The ball came out. Right now they're calling fumble. That ball and knocked it out. Seven-year NFL veteran. We always joke with you about where you were selected in the draft. Is it weird for you to see Tom Brady out there? We were watching Tom Brady. My youngest boy, Ronnie, said, well, why aren't you still playing? (laughs) I said, well... Uh, Defensive back coach for IC Catholic football. One of the greatest things and most rewarding things about being a high school coach is to see the impact it can have on your student athletes. Matt Bowen with Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. Let Matt Bowen talk. Shut up. Let's talk some football with Matt Bowen. I want to first update you. Joe Cowley of the Sun-Times, our buddy, is reporting that the Bulls and Knicks are in discussions regarding a potential Zach Levine trade. That they have had discussions that broke off yesterday and then got back on today. And R.J. Barrett's name has been floated. and Kobe White's name was in there, too. So So we'll see. We're we're following all the rumors, all the talks, and everything out there. An hour and 54 minutes until the deadline. Matt Bowen joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. You follow him on Twitter, at MattBowen41. And here he is. Hey, Matt. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? How are you? We are doing really well. We are glad that you are ready. You're back in inform from Mobile. You've had enough beers. Like, you're ready to go. <laughs> Super Bowl is, is, is coming up. How affected by the ankle injury do you expect Patrick Mahomes to be on Sunday? I think it's going to be much better than it was in the AFC title game. But even in that, like we talked about last week, when he is restricted and has to play in the pocket, he can still produce at a very high level. Now, the mobility should increase for this football game, and that's why I think this game is won or lost on the edges. The pass rush of Philadelphia versus the offensive tackles of Kansas City. That's where my eyes are going to be at the first snap of the game or the first pass of the game. Can they hold up? Because the Philadelphia can create pressure and play with coverage discipline in the back end, which we know they can do, and force Patrick Mahomes to pat that football. Now things start to change a little bit. And because with Reddick and Sweat, they can get home. They're deep on the defensive front and the interior. They can come at you in waves with this pass rush. And they do different things out of their fronts to get the one-on-ones or the matchups they want. Now Mahomes can still make special plays. We know that. But if you start keeping him in the pocket, don't let him escape and extend, and really take away his ability to push the ball up the seams or vertically down the boundary, you're in a pretty good position. What evens out the talent gap? Because everybody, we just sort of take for granted that Philadelphia's got, got better players 
players. They have more they really do. good players. They just they just mm-hmm. do. Their roster's better. Their lines are better. Is it as simple as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the, the most important people there, just being that much better than their counterparts? I think you have to mention the coaching of Kansas City, the experience coaching with Andy Reid, and plus Patrick Mahomes because he's an elite player. He's the best football player in the NFL. That's what he is. Um, I can make that argument all day long. But don't forget about defensively and Steve Spagnuolo, what they can do. Okay, I think they're going to have to be aggressive in this football game, Dan. You know, aggressive versus the run game. To start with that, you can't just line up in your base front and say we're going to win up front, we're going to beat Kelsey, uh, we're going to beat Lane Johnson, we're going to limit them in the run game. You're going to have to be aggressive. You're going to have to have early down run blitzes. You're going to have to have an answer for read schemes, zone read. Okay, if I was coaching against Philadelphia, I would make Jalen Hurts carry the ball every single time. Every single time. So I would crash my ends inside on the running back and say, if you want to give the ball to the running back, we're going to tackle him at the line of scrimmage. We're going to make Jalen Hurts carry the football. And there's different ways you can do that. Like I just said, crashing the end. Also bringing pressure. Bring pressure on early downs with your adjuster or your strong safety and force Jalen Hurts to carry the football. You have to put your pads on. You have to put your pads on him in this football game. But watch what they do defensively because we know with Spagnuolo, especially in like money downs or critical situations, they'll bring everybody. And that's how they coach. And you look, you can do that in Kansas City because you're going to score points, right? Patrick Mahomes is going to make enough plays to keep you in football games. So from a defense perspective, you have almost an edge in terms of your aggressiveness within your call sheet. I think that we have to see it on Sunday night. We talked a little bit about this last week when it came to Chris Jones and his performance, but it was funny. I heard him talking on media night, and he said something that sparked something in my brain. And it's like you can't define him as one position on the defensive line because he will play and line up at multiple positions. And so he started talking about himself as a hybrid. Now, I kept thinking about like how we've had hybrid players before to deal with some of these fast-moving offenses in the NFL. I never really thought about it from the position of, of, of a defensive lineman, but when you start thinking about like Micah Parsons, for example, like that's a hybrid player. Like You can put him in a lot of different spots. When a player like Chris Jones is so difficult to deal with, how hard is it when you're an offensive line to figure out where he is and what's he going to do? That's a great point because it's not just the one-on-ones they're trying to get. They will use a lot of stunts with him, both Jones and Frank Clark. They will will create stunts where they can loop one of them inside and get a free run at the quarterback. That's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to move him around. They're going to have to find a matchup they can win or they can exploit. It's hard to do against Philadelphia. We understand that. But if you can get enough one-on-ones, true one-on-ones, and we've talked about this all season, guys, based on your front and your alignment, if you can occupy a guard, well, now you can get a one-on-one versus the defensive tackle. You can occupy a center and the tackle. Now you get the one-on-one on the guard. And you can just do that based on alignment. And they're going to have to do that with Chris Jones. Chris Jones has to play at an extremely high level. I think everyone understands that. He's the best defensive player on that football team. And really, I went through the rosters uh, on a piece that's coming out tomorrow for ESPN. And I did head-to-head, every position. There's a lot of Eagles, right? But when you have Javon Hargrave, who's – a really good pass rusher, interior player from the Eagles. When he's matched up against Chris Jones, it's still Chris Jones. I mean, he has to be a game wrecker, and you have to set him up to do it. The Eagles are one of the top teams in going for it on fourth down, and we mm-hmm. talked a lot about the quarterback sneak that they use to like 92% effectiveness that is, isn't even really a sneak anymore. But right. how does that calculus affect the way you look at how they manage risk 
if you know you have a, a high probability of picking it up on fourth and short, what does that allow them to do differently, less conservatively perhaps than other teams, especially in one game like this? It gives, it sure. gives you some, some wiggle room, doesn't it? Yeah, it opens up your playbook on second and third down, right, Dan? I mean, that's what we're getting at right here. And if I'm Philadelphia, when it's third and short, and I know that I'm probably going to go for it on fourth down, see the ball between the 40s, field position I trust, uh, that's when I'm going to take my shots outside. And we've talked about this before with the Eagles throughout the season, especially the playoffs. Do they have perimeter matchups again in this football game? Because here's the thing about Kansas City that we haven't discussed yet is we know they are a base cover two team. They play a lot of two deep covers. Dan, you can't sit and cover two all day against Philly. You just can't. They're going to run the ball 45 times if you do that. So they're going to have to play more single high. They're not a very heavy cover three team. That means single high cover one man. So if you're in third and short, second and short, and you know that you have two downs, especially in second down, to get a first down, that's where I think you're going to see those those perimeter one-on-ones with Brown and Smith. That's where you're going to take your shots down the field and test a secondary in Kansas City that is extremely, extremely young. It's it. The Eagles had 32 fourth down attempts. The Chiefs had 12. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That they go for it a lot. I mean, they, look, they're they are very similar in terms of their mentality and their aggressiveness to teams you see at the lower levels, college and the high school level, right? Where look, we're not really going to punt the football. Not in this type of game. We're between the 40s. We're almost in plus field position. We're going for it. One, you can do that because you, again, we talk about the the Chiefs and how aggressive they can be with Mahomes. Well, with Philadelphia, you can be aggressive because of your defense as well. You can take some extra risks throughout the course of a football game because you have a defense that can limit opposing offenses. What's your scouting report? Like, give me the, the old DB scouting report on A.J. Brown. Okay. Um, has a physical profile that creates major issues at the line of scrimmage. That's the first thing, is your ability to get hands on him and reroute him. Okay, because he has the power in his lower body and his upper body to work through a jam. He can play through contact at all three levels of the field. What that means is if you are in tight press coverage, he's going to play through that contact on slant routes, on end breakers, and vertically down the field. He's got enough vertical speed to stretch you from the slot or outside the boundary, and he is excellent after the catch. So so pretty much a perfect wide receiver. <laughs> He's close. He's close because, uh, look, th- I think I said this last week, that move and bringing Reddick uh, were two of the best moves of the offseason last year in the NFL because of the impact they provided. And you go back to the Philadelphia playoff game last year against Tampa Bay where they really struggled against Brady and that Tampa defense. They didn't have a true pass game element, right? They weren't a very ver- vertical-based offense. They didn't push the ball aggressively to the second level. Bringing in A.J. Brown changed all of that. One, it helped dramatically improve the pocket throwing of Jalen Hurts. We saw his development this year. You can look at the numbers. You can look at the tape. He's near the top in every category when throwing from the pocket. But you can do that. Obviously, the offensive line comes into play here, but also having a dominant number one receiver where you know if there's a one-on-one matchup, you are going to him with the football, and he's going to win for you. If you're trying to take away, I know we talk a lot about Travis Kelsey, and it, it sounds reductive to say, you know, 
bracket coverage, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your base coverage is, if there's going to be extra attention always when when you come out of a a defensive huddle and you're lining up, where he is, what he's doing. And you've mentioned, I want to say, on the the one-on-ones on the backside with a a bunch on the other side or trips on on the other side, the diamond-shaped stuff that they do. And when you see that and you know that the formation – is design, how do you? I guess here's my question in short. How do you make sure they don't win off the formation? That's a, that's a great, great question, Dan, because what you're saying is three by one. Okay, three receivers to one side. The back side, we call that the X receiver. Well, that can be Travis Kelsey. Okay, and they're doing, doing that to isolate him. One, to win one-on-one situations, but also to manipulate zone coverage. And what they do out of that is – Who's your matchup? First of all, if it's man coverage, who's the matchup? Can I take that matchup? Okay, it's not. It's zone coverage. When they run zone coverage with Kelsey, they'll run you know, a deep curl or a deep comeback to hold that corner, right? They want to occupy that corner. Well, the reason they do that is to create space, space behind him, right? And that's when you get those deep crossers that are a staple of what Andy Reid does in the passing game. It could be multiple players. It could be MVS. It could be Smith-Schuster working across the field. Because now what you've done, Dan, because of Kelsey, because of the attention he demands, you've created an open void in the deep outside third of the field. And they attack it all day long. Now, in terms of the man matchup, I think it's going to be C.J. Gardner-Johnson and the safety from the Eagles. Look, I love Gardner-Johnson. That's a guy I want to coach. He's urgent. He's competitive. He will challenge you. He can play in the slot. He can play off the hash. Can play off the numbers. Just an excellent football player. But if it, that is the one-on-one matchup, I, I can't wait. I mean, I can't wait to see it because look, he'll challenge him at the line of scrimmage. One thing to challenge him and disrupt him. You still got to win at the break point. You still still have to win at the catch point. Because look, let's be honest. If Kansas City is going to win this game, Kelsey needs to have numbers. He has to have numbers. And like you said, saying brackets great. You draw it on a chalkboard, it looks great. You still have to execute it and stop him. We spend so much time breaking down these games. And then you get to a point where you're like, man, I wish I would have thought of that before the mm-hmm. game kicked off. I know you got a list of things that each team should be concerned about. Like, what are the things that you, what are the things you haven't heard that you think will be significant on Sunday? Um, haven't heard. Well, I, I think the linebackers for the Philadelphia Eagles. We haven't talked about, you know, their ability to get to depth and, and match underneath. Because a great tape to watch if you're looking to get a jump on this football game from a schematic perspective is week seven when Kansas City played at San Francisco. A lot of similar similarities in terms of their coverage structure when they play split safety, whether it's cover two quarters or cover six, which is quarter, quarter, half, and how they went after the middle of the field in that football game, how they isolated Travis Kelsey versus linebackers in zone coverage. I think it's a great thing to watch in this football game because that's where Patrick Mahomes ultimately will have to go with the football. If you have too deep over the top, he's going to work the intermediate areas of the field. And that means the linebackers from Philadelphia have to get to depth and have to find receivers. That's one area I'm looking at. And also, you know, we don't talk about the Kansas City run game enough. We never do. And I understand that because it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey, it's, it's Andy Reid. But Kansas City's ability to run the football and to pass the ball to the running back, especially Jarek McKinnon, when they get into the red zone area of the field. How much do you think Pacheco has changed the way their run game looks? Dramatically, Lawrence. He changed the entire identity of, of their run game because he's a decisive downhill runner. And he plays fast. If you look at game speed, I don't know when he runs the 40. It doesn't matter. He plays fast on tape, and he's aggressive with the football as a runner. That has changed them in, in, to the point where they can get into eyebacks. 
quarterback under center. They can run downhill. They can run inside, outside zone. We don't talk about the Kansas City offensive line enough because Philadelphia is so talented. But Kansas City's got athletic movers up front in the zone run game. And when you talk about the ability to change an identity of a run game, it means playing fast and getting downhill, and they haven't had that before. You know what I can't get out of my head is the hook and ladder play that Kelsey (laughs) ran. I keep thinking about that because in the old stodgy NFL, that that kind of silliness wouldn't be – they wouldn't spring that on you in a championship game. Not in the first quarter. Right, that's what I mean. (laughs) But but that tells me, like if I were a coach, that that would be bothering me. Like I I would be – That it was scripted? Well, yeah. Because it was clearly scripted. And what are you trying to find out and what do you know about me? And the fact that Andy Reid would – like he's too old to care. He's got his his, his ring already. And And I keep thinking about Dave Tobe. Because mm-hmm. Dave Tobe is a bit of a, of, a, of a mad scientist as well. And he's got 20 of those kinds of things sure. in his back pocket. And I, I'm still, and I don't, I'm not saying I would bet it, but right. I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of silliness because these guys just might be crazy enough to do it. Especially in the kicking game, which you're getting out of here, Dan, right? What you have on special teams. Look, everyone, high school, college, and the pros has their trick plays in special teams. You install them during the summer. Uh, you go, you, you bring them back during the middle of the season, during the special teams, you know, section of your practice and, and go through them again. It's when are you going to call it, right? When are you going to call? When does the setup look good? Or when do you just want to call it? Because you have all those plays and you practice them. I remember we had one at Iowa. And I was going to get the ball. We, we never ran it. <laughs> and I always talk to my buddy still, man, what if we would have run that play? What was Not it called? Matter. You remember what it was called? Uh, it was just like this. It was, I was the wing and we snapped it to the personal protector. It was my good friend. And then he handed it off to me and I did it reverse. And I wanted to run it at Ohio State because we we're you know already down by like 30 points. I thought it was a good time to probably do it, but <laughs> we didn't do it. <laughs> and, uh, but everyone, my point is everyone has that. It's when do you call it? From a coaching perspective, when do you feel that it's going to go? Because you could see it in this game. And like you said, Dan, the, 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 you know, the gadget play they had set up with Kelsey, I think they almost ran it twice. If you go to the tape, yep. you thought another uh-huh. one was looking behind him. I, I so, also think it wouldn't have worked. Even, I disagree with you. I actually think it would have worked if he'd been on time. Okay, because it, it looked like, and I know it was it was all off. The timing was off, but it looked like that they were closing the gap fairly quickly coming up field. I don't know. I just think that the reaction to the because no one's you're expecting that a team's down five, and it's the fourth quarter. You're expecting that play late in a game. Right, right. You're not expecting that first quarter. Like who does that? Like it's it's wild, and I think so. I think that it would have caught them so off guard, no yeah. matter how they were configured. It'd have been like, wait, what the hell just happened here? We were all converging on Kelsey, and then he gave the ball away. Yeah, and I also think in the red zone, right? If you watch Andy Reid's play script in the red zone, it's hard to track because they they become so horizontal based, right? In the red zone, with the motion, the movement, the jet sweeps, the misdirection, and what they can build off of that. And we've seen it time and time again, whether it's a shovel pass, whether it's reverse, a gadget play, a throwback, whatever it may be. But Andy Reid is so good at the red zone and setting up defenses because you have to remember with red zone football, there's no time to recover. If you get beat over the top, you're done. You can't recover in time. You take a false step. You have poor eye discipline. You cannot recover in time. The game's too fast and the field is shortened. So that's where I would look. If you're looking for some sort of gadget play early from Andy Reid, it would be inside the 20-yard line. 
we had a conversation with one of your contemporaries a couple days ago, Sean King, and he was mm-hmm. talking about Justin Fields, and he said something that, I, that I've now got stuck in my brain, and it makes all the sense in the world because I'm the guy that's always thinking about, you know, if, if I see cover two man, a quarterback should run because there's no yeah. nobody back there, like that sort of thing. He was talking about how Justin Fields' run game can be more effective out of pass sets than called runs because of the attention that's going to be paid to all the people that are playing on the outside. And I was wondering what you think about that and how do you get to that place with Justin where he's able to to be dominant in the pocket and then find those spaces where his athleticism can take over and he can make a chunk play out, out of a busted pass set. Well, you see it from Mahomes all the time, right? We always see it from Mahomes. His ability to move and to pick up first downs. I think Mahomes is the best scrambling, pure scrambling quarterback. I think that's what you're getting at, Lawrence. Not a design ruck, not a quarterback draws. When you get to the top of your drop and it's not there and you find an open rush lane to attack. I think Mahomes is the best at that. And I think that comes uh, with experience, with development, with understanding route structure, and understanding what the defense is giving me on this play, that if it's not there, if it's not there, even though – you know, the, the play structure tells me to throw the out and throw tells me to throw the corner. If they have taken it away and I have gone through each and every one of my progressions, then I take off. Then I take off and create and make those special plays. Matt Bowen, happy uh, secular holiday, Super Bowl Sunday. Woo! Enjoy yeah. it. What, what's your what's your setup? <laughs> I knew you're going to ask. So, see, my dad will always text me when there's a sale at, at Jewel on beer, okay? And like, he'll tell <laughs> me. That's heartwarming. I love your dad for that. And he'll, he'll tell me how much each beer beer costs, too, you know, based on a 30-pack, 12-pack or case. Mm-hmm. So we are going with chili this weekend, and we're going with High Life Heavy. So that's the plan right now. That's a solid plan, sir. <laughs> when we talked last week and, and, and we were mentioning that you'll, you'll only drink beers that come in 30 packs. Yes. So I we did some research. We started going through it. And I just and all of these checked the boxes yet. I, some of these I didn't even know were still made. Have you ever had a Narragansett? I have not. I have not had one of those. So I don't know what that is. What I, is it? I, it's it's apparently a local beer. It's it's uh, it's considered it's a northeastern beer because it's considered Ooh. the official beer of the clam. I guess that's what people have <laughs> traditionally at clam bakes, etc. What about Genesee Cream Ale? No, no. See, that, that I've sounds, had that. That sounds really premium to me. I mean, no. I go like. No, I, I told you last week. I know. Blood heavies, banquets, uh, high lights. How, how I mean, about, look, if we're really getting into it, what about Keystone Light? Oh, uh, yeah, in Iowa City, sure, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else we had here on, on this list. Milwaukee's Best? Sure. Yeah. The, we used to call that the Beast. Yes. Uh, how about Old Milwaukee? Sure, yeah. All right. Uh, old, old Milwaukee for sure. Yeah. Hams? No, that's my dad. My my dad, uh, when I was growing up, would drink hams. But no, no, I don't drink hams. Okay, I know Natty Light is a yes. I don't even have to ask. Yeah, that's. I mean, if that's you go a to go-to. college, yeah, <laughs> any Big Ten university, you're gonna drink drink. Like, what about yeah. Natty Bo, National Bohemian? You ever had that? No, no. But I'll tell you what was big. You know, uh, when I was in college, it was all the ice beers, right? So you get a yeah. thirty pack of Natty Ice. You know, and that's not very good. Yeah, I was telling Lawrence, my my calculus, there there was a bar at at Duke, a student-owned, student-run bar right underneath the the walkway. And I'm still still there. The idea of having an on-campus bar was kind of odd. 
It was ninety cent natty bow. Uh-huh. However, you could get for one dollar for ten cents more. You could get a sixteen ounce tall boy of King Cobra malt liquor. <laughs> so you, you, you always. You, what are you trying to do to him, Dan? <laughs> so, but, but, so, I'm just wondering. My, my calculus was you trying to kill him. Like, like, what are we doing? I'm saying, bang for your buck. You the, the right call is to go with the snake, right? I mean, <laughs> if, if you're trying, if you're trying to have so that he doesn't have a good night, yeah. Like if we want him to have a good night, so let, he, this is one of those TLC waterfall type things. Let him stick to the the, the rivers and the streams that he's used to. Okay. All right. He's gonna get his his banquet beer. He's gonna have a good time watching the Super Bowl, and he's making chili and everything else. You're yeah, out here trying to kill him. <laughs> I survived. He's, he's, he's made of stronger stuff than I. Matt Bowen, thank you. All right, guys, enjoy the game. See ya. He's so great. You, you talk about like you know we've done a lot of cool things against the station, mm-hmm. but this year having Matt having Bowen back. back on the score has been significant. And what he does is like. Sometimes I'll look up on Instagram when I get home, and then he'll take something that we said and then diagram it for people on Instagram or explain it to people further on Instagram. What are you making that face for? You can get a 40 of the snake for two bucks? Like I said, stop trying to kill Matt Bowen. I might have to do this. Don't do that, Dan. I it is on sale. You are at too rich Jewel. to be it, no, drinking it is, that stuff. It is on it, King Cobra 40. Two dollars right now. Okay, Let's, so so here because what cause, what? Wait a wait what? a damn minute! How do you have King Cobra with you? Okay, so this is a studio prop now. Although it is real beer in here in this King no, Cobra forty that, ounce. That's malt liquor. You that's put some right, respect baby. on that liquid. <laughs> that's malt liquor. That's right. And I got this for Jay Zawaski on his fortieth birthday. Forty ounce for his fortieth. And it still resides here in the studio. So see, cause we're talking Jay, King Cobra. We got the prop now. Because Jay knows that he doesn't want to die. Well, that's right. It's a terrible gift to give anybody. I, no, it's not. I but, love hey. that you just happen to have bring, King bring, Cobra. Bring that in. Yeah, bring that. Bring that, in. that should be sitting in front of Dan before he drinks it. See, I would say that's college for me, but it's not because we were we were drinking sixteen ounce cans. Is Beth would Beth join you in this endeavor? No, you know what she actually like what her her college beer. Truth be told, uh, Rolling Rock that's that's a thirty pack beer. When she was in, in Maryland, and she drank a lot of beer at Maryland, man, because that's all they did. They, they had huh. you know I mean the stories about. She's not going to drink that with you though, out of a bag. This is the truth. Oh God! New, while, while new look, same taste. Don't threaten me with a good time. And while he's looking at the King Cobra bottle, you ever do? You ever do Edward Forty Hands? No, no. You don't know that. But you, 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 you're talking about dumb white guy. Oop. Sorry. Well, see, double him. <laughs> see, you how did the, you drink that forty ounce already, Dan? You put the King Cobra in his hands. No, and I'm he already you. went there. I can't believe it. <laughs> Sorry, I can totally believe Sorry, it. Edward, 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 forty hands. All the people on the stream got a treat. <laughs> so what you do is this is this is total stupid white person stuff. Forty of your choice. You get one in either hand. Roll a duct tape. And then 
the other one. And and somebody, someone <laughs> duct tapes the two forties, and the, and the, you and you are that, and the and it the the duct tape does not come off until the forty is empty. So you can free one hand, and then, and then you then you go to work on the other. It's a cultural plus, thing plus that I've never whole, understood whole, about my white brothers and, and sisters. And the, oh, drinking games! I like just drink. Like let's just drink. Right? Why are we doing dumb stuff? We're not playing Zoom why Sports there, for Figliano and why, Whales why Tales. Why is there a dirty ping pong ball that I have to worry about? Whales Tales. If Prince I want a Wales, beer, why don't you just give me a beer? Prince Count Six. Why are we tales doing all this two. dumb stuff? Yep. Never understood it. We need to take a break because someone messed up the dump button. Yeah, um, we got to rebuild. Oh, there's an engineer wondering. Did I do something wrong? Did I break something? No, I broke something. And then you <laughs> called the been, popo on It me. has been quite the week for the Bernstein at home show. <laughs> They're going to call Tony LaRusso. I mean, the baseball police going to come in here. Jerry's going to be furious. We're having way too much uh, fun. This makes me feel good. Let's bring in Tony LaRusso and take away all of it. Uh, Roger Goodell had a bad day yesterday. We're going to talk about why next on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. breaking news from one of our colleagues here. Breaking news on 670 The Score presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Danny Parkins says, source tells me Devin Hester will not be included in the new Hall of Fame class to be announced tonight. Yeah, we had kind of been mm-hmm. hearing that. Yep, couldn't report it. But couldn't report it because we didn't double source it, but we had been hearing that that is the case. I'm... Uh, no shade to Danny. I hope he's wrong because I really do believe he's, that Devin deserves. Not. I don't think he he's is. Not. I think he's right, but I hope he's wrong because I think Devin deserves to be in there. But, you know, I think he'll get there, though. Like, that's the good thing. I just don't like the fact that he might have to wait. And I mean, things are starting to crowd up when it comes to these Hall of Fame classes. And they only let, what, between five and eight into the hall each year. So that makes me feel bad that Devin 
won't get there. At least it's looking like he won't get there. It's too bad. Um, the commissioner of the NFL had a bad day yesterday on a couple different levels. If we have time, we'll let you hear the ridiculousness with the officiating. We talked a little bit a bit about it with Gene Steratore. But there was also a, a really interesting moment. Jim Trotter, who works for NFL media, like works for NFL.com, works for NFL Network, had a really good come-to-Jesus speak-to-power moment with Roger Goodell concerning NFL Network. Hey, Roger. Uh, Jim Trotter, NFL Media. Um, you and other league officials have said that the league's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion extend beyond the sidelines and beyond the front offices and is applied to all aspects of the company. I've worked in NFL Media for five years. During those five years, we have never had a black person in senior management in our newsroom. That's a problem because we cover a league who, according to league data, the player population is 60 to 70 percent black, which means that there is no one who looks like these players at the table when decisions are being made about how they are covered. More concerning is that for a year plus now, we have never had a full-time black employee on the news desk, which again is a problem because we cover a league whose player population is 60 to 70 percent black, according to league data. I asked you about these things last year, and what you told me is that the league had fallen short and you were going to review all of your policies and practices to try and improve this. And yet a year later, nothing has changed. You know, James Baldwin once said that I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. And so I would ask you as an employee, when are we in the newsroom going to have a black person in senior management, and when will we have a full-time black employee on the news desk? Well, Jim, um, I am not in charge of the newsroom, um, so I, what I think the, the – can I answer your question? As you point out, it's the same question you asked last year. And we did go back, and we have reviewed everything we've been doing across the league, and we are looking at everything from vendors that we're working with to partners that we're working with to ownership where we've seen significant changes in diversity just this year. And I'm not specific, do not know specifically about the media business. We'll check in again with our people, but I am comfortable that we made significantly progress across the league. I can't answer the specific questions. Some of the data you may have raised there may be accurate, maybe not. Last year I was told some of it wasn't. We'll get to you on that. We want to make progress across the board, and that includes in the media room. And so those are things that we'll continue to look at and hopefully make real progress to. I can't answer because I do not know specifically what those numbers are today. Wow. Maybe accurate, maybe not. So you have the audacity to tell him he could be wrong about his own workplace? Right. That you don't know anything about, according to you. That he doesn't know who senior management at NFL Network and his, is. At his own workplace, you're questioning the veracity of a report, a professional, a veteran professional reporter. Asking a follow-up question asking, from a year ago. You think he didn't get his ducks in a row before he, he stood in front of the public to ask, essentially, his boss a question? You talk about speaking truth to power? Damn. And with the James Baldwin quote in there? Fam, Ooh. fam, let me tell you. And it's a great James Baldwin quote that he pulled, too. That is, and and look, I've got friends who work over at NFL Network, and you'd be surprised at 
the lack of money that the NFL puts into the NFL network. Really? You'd be Dan, you'd be shocked. Considering the amount of money that they make and that it's one of the vehicles, it's not the most important vehicle because obviously they have the broadcast partnerships, but they don't put a lot of money into that thing. They should. I, I think it's a vehicle that, that has a money-making capability, but I love that Jim Trotter was like, consequences be damned. I am not in charge of the newsroom, um, so I, what, I think the, the – can I answer your question? You're kind of in charge of it, though, Raj. We we got some specifics on a potential Bulls trade here with the Knicks. Okay. Right now, let me give you some names here. This is from a reporter named Jake Weinbach, who's an NBA analyst and writer, according to his Twitter bio. How many followers, Dan? 6,445. Is there a blue check mark? There is not. He said he words writes for Behind the Bucks and Hoops Habit. Okay. I'm just, Let's I'm, hear it. I'm just telling you what it is. And he he initially tweeted the Knicks and Bulls have discussed a trade centered around Levine per Cowley. He says, from my understanding, talks have likely stalled due to New York's reluctance to include 22-year-old shooting guard Quentin Grimes in a deal. He is then subsequently tweeted, the Knicks are focused on acquiring two-time All-Star Zach Levine from the Bulls. In the framework of a potential deal, the Bulls would receive Evan Fournier, Derek Rose, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, and three first-round picks for Levine and Goran Dragic. You can't do consecutive, right? It has to be every other year, so like 27, 29, It depends on if they're yours or if they're someone else's. Okay. So I think that's how that works, depending where the what was the 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 source of the pick originally. I don't. I want nothing to do with Evan Fournier, and I wonder if that's just salary match, and you just could you got you got to make the money match rid of up. him. I know you got to make the money match, but but you're talking about Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin. I'm interested. I'm yeah. That that wouldn't be awful. I'd rather they do something for Demar, but maybe they're just done with. Zach's silliness. I'd be interested. Looking at the three-point numbers on Quentin Grimes, 35% from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. You need three-point shooting, you're getting an upgrade in three-point shooting team-wise. Now, you lose Zach, who's also a really good three-point shooter, but you're also losing a ton of salary. Derek Rosen, DeMar DeRozan? Derek's become a little bit better of a three-point shooter, right? And they're not doing anything with him with the Knicks. I guess the the bigger question is, what are you, like Arturis? Tell me, tell me what you're doing. But again, that 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 still leaves me with the explanation and the same question of what are you trying to win and when? Yeah, and Grimes is thirty-seven percent his career yeah. for behind the three. Yeah, he, he can shoot. Toppin has has not been as expected. No, he's athletic, but he hasn't developed as a basketball player. Right. Still a great, like a lot of leaping ability and some talent. Body and all that. Yeah, yeah. but hasn't really taken the next step. And don't, whatever you do, whatever you do, type Evan Fournier's full name. 
there's there's a reason why his nickname is never Google. We'll have to let people know. Yes. There is a Don't just type his last name. Right. You're going to be upset. You're going to be mad and you're going it's going to ruin your day. It's really going to ruin your day. <laughs> because there's a there was a doctor named Fournier who had his name attached to a particular Attached is really interesting. <laughs> to a particular kind of gangrene. Uh-huh. That is a, of a particular place on the body. So gets, don't Google gets, him. Yeah, do his his full name Always write Evan Fournier, not just Fournier. Trust us on this. Right? All right, so that's where we are. Uh, like you say, Goodell, um, I, that was terrible. It was a really that, awful answer. And, and what he could have said was, I, to the extent that I'm responsible for it, I've failed in that regard. And, and Jim, you're right. I should have done a better job following up. I promise you. I will follow up after our comment. And let's have a conversation because Roger's known to do that with people. Mm-hmm. I should know because I've had that conversation with Roger and his people after a press conference. They are more than happy to come talk to you and ask where you're from and who do you work for. I heard something driving in today regarding the Super Bowl that sort of piqued my interest and reminded me of a, a Super Bowl truth that sometimes we don't consider when we talk about this game. We'll get to that next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. All right, Dan, you were driving in and you heard one of our guys make a great point about something. Yeah, I was listening to Nick Costos on the way in, as I always do. I find him interesting. I really like Costos. Good man. And he's smart. I don't think you have to be a better to be entertained or informed by what he says. That's the whole bit. Like That's why guys like him and Joe Ostrowski are successful at this. Yeah, and it's, he, he was talking about a play that he's going to make and why. My take on how the game is going to play out will be Philly uses his advantage in the trenches on both sides of the ball to build an early lead. We've also seen Kansas City in its two previous Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid get off to slower starts. So uh, that's what I feel good about is Philly building the lead, and then I think Mahomes and the Chiefs will come back in the second half, like the singular greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Now, is, that, is it enough for Kansas City to win the game and cover like the game bet? Maybe, maybe not. But I just want to see the first half play out. So I think Philly will be winning at the end of the first half. You can bet that at BetMGM, minus 120. There is a difference between betting Philly minus a half a point and betting them on the money line. I would rather pay a little bit more to bet them on the money line. That way, if the game, if the first half ends in a tie, you get your money back. They have to be winning by at least one if you bet them on the spread in the first half. So that's how I'm, I look to play it. And then if I feel like Kansas City is going to come back based on how the game is played out, I'll bet Kansas City second half. But I won't know that until we see the first 30 minutes of the game. So that's how I see the side of the game playing out. That's really interesting, and it reminded me of something I have said in the past, that what happens to me at the Super Bowl is I forget there's another half. Oh. like By the, t- by the time the halftime festivities are done and you've eaten you know, your chili or your fried pickles or your heart plugs or your wings or whatever you're making, that you're like, oh, yeah. There's-. And it feels like two separate games. It's funny that you should say that. The Athletic did a story on the Super Bowl and Andy Reid. Let me share with you what was said by an opposing GM about Andy Reid. The thing with Reid is the he's the best at is his second half adjustments. 
They're extremely difficult. He uses the first, call it, 10 to 12 plays as a script to set up what he's going to do to adjust against him with personnel and how much you'll match certain things. You may stall him a little bit in the first or second quarter, but normally by the second half, he has completely adjusted things, and they have a lot of points of production in that stretch. We always looked at Andy Reid like it's two completely different games. The first half and the second half, by the time they figure out how you're matching him, he'll go ahead and design something to beat your coverages. You've got to get a lead on those guys. If you're playing from behind on them, you're in trouble. There it is. Two different games. And and I think from from a wagering perspective, it's really interesting. All right, wait a second. All hell's breaking loose in the NBA right now. All right, what's up? Okay, the Warriors are trading James Wiseman to the Pistons for Sadiq Bay. Ooh, I like that for them. And then Wojnarowski says Bay is on the way to Atlanta Aww. in a multi-team trade. So what do the Warriors get? Wait, Just some are, relief? Hold on, what do the Pistons do? Don't they have the Duran? The other the, the other young big young what are they they're cornering the market on Well, they're they're trying to get a very young big. Well, they're going to be enormous. But then parting ways with Sadiq Bay is interesting. All right, so Bay is on the way to Atlanta in a multi-team trade. Bones Highland has been dealt. It, Woj, not- Woj says the Hawks are sending five second-round picks to the Warriors to acquire. Second-round picks is the currency of this year's this, trade this, deadline. This is, just, this is wild. So the Nuggets have traded Bones Highland to the Clippers for, 20, for two second-round picks. The Pacers are acquiring George Hill in a second-round pick. I feel like George Hill has been playing since Jordan left the Bulls. The Blazers are getting Matisse Thibel as part of a three-way with Charlotte in which the Sixers are getting Jalen McDaniels. I I was kind of hoping that that thing would work out for Thibel, but it never quite materialized. Great defensive player. He'd be a he'd be a perfect Nick. Yep. Ice. This is this is crazy. Like I, I can I can barely keep up. So we're gonna do our best to do that. No matter what we're talking about, we are going to make sure that you are up to date on everything that's going on in the wild and wacky world of the NBA. Around four thirty or four forty five, we're told that Arturis Karnashovas is scheduled to meet the media. I imagine we'll do everything within our power to carry that. For you, so you can hear him answer questions about the Bulls at the trade deadline. Nothing further at the moment on Bulls Knicks, but we're we're getting close. What's what's our? Is this it now? One o'clock? Are we? No, we still got an hour to go. Okay, which is o'clock. fine because we're going to take a break and we're going to talk with Jason Leisure about all sorts of stuff, including. No, we're not going to ask him about the trade deadline in the NBA. We'll ask him about the Super Bowl and the Bears next here on the Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.